to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 108, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, and we review the new game, Botoku. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. It is the heart of summer. Can I just tell you, I sat through, uh, I've been watching the, the College World Series in town. I've been watching some great baseball. That's not why this episode is a little bit late, but I've been just watching some great baseball. It's been, how about you? Have you been watching great baseball? No, you, know, uh, you cannot no. get him started on baseball. <laughs> I've been watching the absolute terrible Kansas City Royals. Oh, it's just painful. It's uh, painful to watch. I still, for some reason, watch it every single game, and I just want to cry. But, uh, yeah, but I've watched a few College World Series games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, sometimes that ping of that bat just I know. annoys the holy crap out of me. <laughs> I but, know. you know, hey, whatever. So There's been a lot of offense, uh, that's for sure. Do you have any sports so, team that's halfway decent? Well, I mean, the Chiefs. I don't know, the Super Bowl. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chiefs are good. I mean, you know, and Kansas City doesn't have anything else. So, uh, so no, I just have the Huskers, the Chiefs, and the Royals. Well, so, okay. Yeah. I was referring to the Huskers as also I, a terrible team. Yes. And I let's, if we talk about most recent one World Series in the room right now. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Might change this year, though. So yeah, Yankees baby. Like Yankees are so. woof. They, they look good. Yeah. They look very good. Uh, I don't think anybody's here to hear our no, opinions on baseball. No, they don't want to hear about baseball. Probably, yeah. So uh, maybe no. we should talk about some board games. I'm all for board games. Right. We haven't seen each other in a while, so uh, yeah, I know you guys have been, been getting stuff played without me. Richie, what have you been playing? Well, I got in finally. I've had this game for, I think, since like 2018. And it's a little card game called Yokai Septet. Ah, we just talked about this because they did a Kickstarter. Yeah, just they recently. did a Kickstarter Again. for a second edition. Yeah, which I don't know if they changed anything in it, but uh, my first edition is pretty. It's a pretty straightforward card game, and that's really why I picked it up because it's supposed to be not like euchre, but it's kind of gives you the the feels of euchre right. from playing it. Uh, but the way that it works is that it's a it's either a three or four player game, and if you play the four player game, it's a team game. And I played the four-player game. And the way you just deal out the cards, you'll have one card left over. You'll flip that over. That's going to be the Trump suit. And for the most part, it is straightforward trick-taking. I think there's six different suits. And the suits are a little different in the sense that not every suit has the same number of cards in it or the same rank of cards in it. Okay. So, like, the green suit goes from A, which is a special card, up to seven. And then, like, the blue suit, seven is the lowest card, and it goes up to 13. Like it's different between the different suits. But in the game, what you're trying to do, you and your partner, at the beginning of the round, you'll uh, exchange cards. You can exchange three cards between uh, each other. You have to exchange three cards between each other. And then you're trying to get the sevens. So all the sevens are considered the boss yokai. That's as much as I know about the theme. But <laughs> that'll, tie, that'll you know, tie in real well with our, yeah, uh, with our the token, game. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to get these sevens. That's the only way for you to score points. And the way that a round will work is that uh, you're gonna, it's straightforward trick taking. So someone leads, whatever the lead suit is, if you have it, you have to follow suit. And what you're trying to do is get the sevens. Once a team gets four sevens, 
they the round ends and they'll score a point if you're playing by the basic scoring rules. There's an advanced scoring rules. I haven't played that yet, but from what I've heard, it's basically the exact same. One of the my biggest critique of the game is that it's too short. Mm. It's going to be two or three hands tops. Okay, uh, and that's whether you're playing basic scoring or advanced scoring. With basic scoring, like I said, once someone gets those four sevens, they'll score a point. Or uh, the other way that a round can end is if someone or if a team takes seven tricks, then the other team wins. That's the the wrinkle in the game is that you're trying to take tricks, but you don't want worthless tricks. So if there's not a seven out there, you don't want to win that trick mm -hmm. because it's not helping you get to those four bosses. And then obviously, if you can slough off and have the other team win seven tricks, then you get all of the the boss yokai cards that are left in hand and you'll score a point that way. Uh, so, I mean, and, and that's really it. It kind of gives you that feel of like a, a, you know, old school classic card game, uh, which I like. And I like, like I said, I like that little wrinkle of, you know, you're trying to take the, the boss card, but you don't want to take worthless tricks. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely worth checking out if you're into trick taking games. I don't know if I would say like, if you're not into trick taking games, I don't know if you really want this is not worth checking out like this is not going to convert you mm -hmm. this is like i said like a basic you know standard trick-taking game with just like a slight wrinkle to it but worth checking out like i said it's just a little too short that's my only complaint but obviously you could just increase the number of points you play too okay yeah. i've heard some content content creators say this is one of their favorite trick-taking games out there i wonder if it's just because it's so streamlined or it could be i mean it i think even in the rule book they say that this has been played in japan for a long time, and it's like an entry gate, like a gateway to trick taking. Ah, uh, so I mean, that's possible. If you're really into trick taking games, there's not, you know, nothing crazy here. Okay, um, but it's definitely worth checking out for sure. Well, I guess maybe it provides that shorter time span too. If you very if short, you're, if, yeah. if you're limited. So, so do you think the theme that yokai theme was put on because it is a Japanese uh, traditional card game? Then probably. I mean, okay. it's the art is very anime the font is terrible <laughs> extremely hard to read but i mean you, you can get past that pretty quickly All but right. yeah solid game yokai septep well clef mm. uh in between bad baseball what have you been playing well i'm going to talk about a game here in a minute but i'm going to talk about a day of gaming that i had just here recently just was one of the best days of gaming i've ever had wow started off in the afternoon my friend Brent came over. We played a two-player game of Labyrinth, yeah. which is, I mean, the game is amazing. This right? is the Labyrinth, the War on Terror. Yes. Okay. I mean, it is what I would say it is. It is a, a cross between Twilight Struggle and a coin game. It is, it's amazing. I mean, it's absolutely just one of the best two-player games I've ever played. I think um, this is Brian Train, too, who did one of the coin games as well. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. It's just terrific. So, I mean, you know. It took us a while because it was like we had tried to play in it a few times, but never had gotten to play it all the way through. And when I say we played it all the way through, we got through one time of going through the deck. You can actually play either one time going through the deck, two times or three times going wow. through. The deck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, it's on that. sale right now on the Steam sale. If anyone that plays online, it's only like five bucks on. Oh, wow. my God. Okay. Online, it, is, so. it is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then friend Dan came over and the three of us played a full the whole game of Triumph and Tragedy. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm telling you guys right now, this is going to skyrocket up in my rankings because it was amazing. Okay. I just, I was playing the Axis and 
Like I had at some point I'd taken over France and then I was just kind of pounding London. And if I could have gotten one London, I would have won the game automatically. But it was one of those things where uh, Dan was playing the, you know, the, uh, the British or whatever. And then the Americans started coming in. And so then they started fighting back. And there was even a point where Brent had to come in with some of the Soviets just to try to stop me from taking London, which was kind of interesting. But then at some point I had just, I had lost. So I had to tuck tail and go back to Germany. <laughs> and then they just kind of just both crushed on both sides of me. I was like, how realistic the game kind of ended up was just so cool. It was amazing. I mean, so how long did it so, take for a full game? I think we probably played about, seven hours wow <laughs> and every so moment long. of it was amazing <laughs> i didn't even feel like it now if i could have taken london when i did in fact and you know dice rolls are part of the game you know there was a point where i had like two things left to hit and i had eight dice and like if i needed like ones or twos on the dice and i rolled all high and so i didn't win it probably would have been only about five hours because you know because the game would ended immediately but it didn't matter i just i never even and felt block war game right it's a block war game but yeah. it's got a lot more Euro in it where each round you have this production and you either draw from an investment deck or an action deck, or you add either pieces out or, you know, make pieces stronger. And so you're really trying to figure out the best way to do all that. And there's multiple ways to kind of, you can win by either having two capitals or sub capitals, or you can win by, developing the atomic bomb and basically being able to de deliver the atomic bomb to a capital. Um, or you can win by literally, you'd never even have to go to war. You can win by just victory points. And like you get these peace tokens and then there's other ways to increase your stuff. You can win by just victory points. If you get to the end of the game, then it's whoever has the most victory points. And mm. there's uh starts in like 1936 and goes through 45. It's amazing. Okay. I, Sorry, just it was like the most epic day of board gaming. I think it was just amazing. Besides maybe our Dune play, it mm -hmm. was yeah, you know, it was amazing. Well, it sounds kind of like like I had recently. Uh, Joe, our our friend Joe, taught me a GMT game that's been around for a long time called Space Empires 4X, mm -hmm. which uh, it's it's very it's very it's like one to four players, but it's kind of famous for its solo play. There's a lot of solo play, but it is a 4X, but it's been around for a long time, and basically you are moving ships around and kind of exploring, you know, it's 4X. So explore, expand, exterminate, exploit, right? Did I say that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's all those, Close. it's those four things. <laughs> um, and, and But what's really interesting is you have a screen or something to obscure with paper. And so all your technologies, you're like choosing, you get your income based on your, your planets nearby that are pumping out income. And then on paper, you're writing, okay, I'm going to spend this much income on this and this much income mm -hmm. on this. So like, it's very old school, you know, but it is, mm -hmm. it, I do like that. It's like, you feel like I am massively different than, than Joe is probably, I don't even know, you know, I right. can't see what he's investing in mm -hmm. and all the ships are face down until you run into each other. So there's that fog of war of, is that a cruiser or is that a dreadnought? Is that a, what is mm -hmm. that? Um, but it was interesting. It was interesting. I don't know, you know, for me, uh, I don't know that I was, you know, a hundred percent like, oh, I want to play that every time because with 4X, it feels like the genre has expanded so much that there's a lot of other bells and whistles that are on top of these things now. Sure, but sure. it was definitely, it was definitely a good play. And if you get the chance, you should uh, ask Joe to, to teach you it because it, 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 you know, it's a, it, it feels very GMT war game adjacent. Okay. How long, how long was that? Your that, play? that was the positive. I'd say, I mean, it took us a while because we were going back and forth between uh -huh. some things and whatever, but it was only about like probably two hours, if that. Okay. And you just played so, it at two? Yeah. 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 
And that and there's a I think we probably played the introductory scenario too, mm-hmm. so you can play you can set up some things that would be a little bit different. But right, right. Yeah. And you know, and obviously when I say seven hours, you're talking Brent, Dan, uh, yeah, and me, Brent, Brent Dan. So I mean, Brent. probably three of that could have been locked off. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, like, we watch a few episodes of I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we watched half a Rambo. You know, I don't pizza it, probably it, got you know, ordered at some point. Yeah, there, you know, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, we make it an epic night. You know, sure, we're yeah, not yeah. like oh, let's try to finish as many games as we can. So. Yeah. I don't want to scare people off and think, oh, my God, you know, it probably is a lot shorter game if you, you know, really plug at it. Or but, don't have a Brent. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or don't have a Brent. <laughs> uh, so, um, but the game that I wanted to talk about, so I'm, I'm pulling a chat here, doing yeah, multiple things right, here. That's, that's right. right. That's uh, the game that I wanted to talk about is I just had a chance to play our uh, Michelle uh, kickstarted a game called Wonderland's War. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That is well, Druid City Games, I think. Yeah, I think Grant yeah. Yeah. talked about it when he was on the episode for Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, yes, yeah he that's did. right. Yeah. Okay. And um the the theme is kind of Alice in Wonderlandish, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it's got that that kind of theme. And it is a it's kind of what you expect out of a Kickstarter nowadays. I mean, the box was humongous and it's got all these, you know, miniatures and it's got all these fancy components. Um it is a uh, kind of a, it has a deck building aspect to it. So it has all these little chits that, so you throw in the bag and they're at least the Kickstarter version. It was very nice chits. And so it was kind of fun to fumble in there and get your chits and stuff like that. So um, the game, basically I would say, so it's, it's first of all, you're kind of, uh, you're going and just moving your character around this tea party party and you're picking out um just different abilities that you can get either new chits that you're putting into your bag or you're getting, you know, your leader stronger, you know, just different little things that you can do. And as soon as everybody has basically chosen four cards, you go to, well, I apologize. When you're doing this, you also then are putting out your minions or your fighters or whatever into like five or six different areas that are on the board. And What you're trying to do is, is when you then go to war, you're going to go through each one of the areas. You're trying to be the strongest in those areas. So the first thing is, so the the tea party part was like fairly quick. You just moved around, you got your stuff. Then you moved in like, so if we were in the woods or whatever, you would first, everybody that's there, you'd add up what their battle strength is to start with. And then everybody would then start pulling chips from the bag. And some of your chits would be like ones, you know, to add one to your power might be three. Uh, But you also had an opportunity to draw these madness chips. And anytime you drew a madness chip, you had to remove one of your warriors from the area. And if you ever removed all of your warriors from an area, you immediately went to zero and obviously couldn't win the battle at all type of thing. So, so it was a little area control that you were doing. You, you played three rounds, uh, you know, progressively the chips got you could get better chips, uh, stronger chips as you kind of went along, you know, so somewhere like, you know, fives and sixes, you know, so they, they could really swing a battle. But also if you were not in a battle, you could wager on who you thought would win the battle. And then you'd get like a bonus. If you got it right, you would lose, you know, something if you got it wrong, it was fine for what it was trying to do. Like, I didn't think it was a bad game. All mm-hmm. right. You know, and I've, I've played a lot of bad games and I did not think this was a bad game. It was enjoyable. There was a little bit of, you know, like, Oh boy, should I draw another chit? You know, but boy, I might draw a good one, but I might draw a bad one, you know? So, so there was, there was a little bit of fun in that. Like I said, the, 
the moving around with the getting the cards out was kind of, eh, you know, but you know, the, otherwise, you know, the area majority was kind of, you know, like, okay, trying to do this. Is it a game that I am going to own? No, 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 not, you know, not that crazy version, not a regular retail version, nothing I would ever go out and purchase. It's not a game that I'm going to be looking to play again. But if Michelle or somebody else added again and said, Hey, would you play this? Absolutely. I would sit down for another play of it. So that's, cool. that's right. pretty much what I would say. About I think it. that's so. a vote of approval coming from clock. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. For that kind of a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it has that. Uh, so I would expect uh, Michelle to really enjoy this because one of her favorite games is Orléans and uh, it has that sort of bag building aspect, yep. pulling chits out of a bag. So, yep. I mean, a little bit different with the area control, but still. Uh, so would you say, does production help it? Like, are you like, okay, well, I would play this again because the production's kind of fun. And I know that Michelle said the retail version had cardboard chits for the chits that you put into the bag. Sure. And I said that definitely, you know, is, is uh, for the people who've played no, uh, what's that? What's that pressure luck game everybody loves where you pull the chits out of the bag? Quacks of Quedlin. Quacks of, yeah. Mm, yeah. I know that the geek bits helped out a lot for that game just because, you know, the cardboard became so degraded. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, starting to look like my Skull King cards. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say if that's the case, that certainly the Kickstarter version helped it out. I think that the, now, do the minis help it out for me? No, not at all. I could care less about the minis and the the other stuff. But um, certainly, I think when you're talking about a bag builder, you want those nicer chits to kind of be playing around with when you're pulling something out. How so, many people did you play with? Uh, three. It was just me, uh, Michelle, and my wife. And how so, long did that take? Hour and a half, maybe. Okay. okay. It's not bad. Uh, no. It says on the thing, 20 minutes or 25 minutes per player. Okay. So, um, and that's with us basically kind of trying to, you know, brand new play. No, no, it had played it. So we had to keep going back and reading the rule book to kind of, you know, figure out a few of the edge cases of what happens here and there. So type of thing. So I, I think you, if you knew how to play this game and you were plugging along, I'd say you could play this game an hour, hour and 15 easily, you know, for even depending, mm -hmm. not even however many players are going to be there. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I'll give it a, yeah, I'll give it a, uh, Check it out if you like that type of game. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I want to give props real quick to a game that I just recently got uh, because my wife is a big fan of Paul Walker Harding. And uh, it's on sale. I think it's a Target, Target exclusive from he, Buffalo he has Games. a lot of Target exclusive yeah. games. Huh. Yeah. yeah, but I will say some of them didn't grab me. Like there's a summer camp one summer that's a camp, deck, yeah. deck builder that looks really, really basic. This is still a very light game, but I thought because of the theme and everything, uh, my wife would like it. And I taught the in-laws and they, they really enjoyed it. It is called Planted. So it's about like having plants, house plants. Uh, you have hanging plants, you have floor plants, and you have you know shelf plants. But the big thing is, it is it plays a lot like think of a mashup of Sushi Go and then uh, a tableau builder like Dog Lover, which I've talked about on the show before. Mm -hmm. The reason is uh, the Dog Lover aspect is you have to be feeding your plants to get points from them, and then you have other cards that help you score points. Really, what it is is four rounds where you have eight cards that you're drafting. You have three different kind of cards. Uh, besides your house plants that you're getting from the center. And you are getting resource cards, which, you know, everything takes sunlight, plant food, water, uh, and green thumbs, okay? And basically, then you have uh, decorations, which are purple endgame scoring cards, like have this kind of plant, or have a bunch of these, or have tools, which is the third kind of card. Tools give you, and, and give you abilities, ways to, to break the game. 
Very basic, right? So you, you're doing four of these rounds where you're passing out all of your cards. And when it's resources, you're just taking these resources, putting them on your thing, and then come to the end of the round and you're trying to feed all the plants you might have out in your tableau. And you are putting the resources on them to cover up spots to get points towards the end of the game. Uh, some plants have more spots for points than others. You can hold up to six plants in your tableau towards the end of the game. And then basically it's, like I said, it's four rounds of that. However, if you don't use all your resources, they go away. Now you can combine any two resources for a point for these little propagation jars, like the kind of the plantings or seedlings that are in jars. But anyway, uh, it's very straightforward. I was able to kind of teach my in-laws what a drafting game was because they had never played one like that because they usually play two-player, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they they really enjoyed it. They they really enjoyed because it's very basic way to teach resource conversion. And the game itself, honestly, you guys, it's regular price nineteen ninety nine. And with these bits, the cards aren't aren't great quality, unfortunately. But but everybody has their own little fold out board um, to to put the the pieces on. And then the, all the the pieces come in these little burlap bags. And the sunshine is these little acrylic bits the water is really nice and it actually is way better than the water for uh anachrony or or barrage barrage yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean you could use it for that it's perfect um and uh yeah it's it's a really great production like i said Ooh. the cards are pretty cheap you probably will want to spend at least some penny sleeves on them if you're going to play it a bunch because it's a drafting shuffling game but honestly it's uh it really is a, a great game for people that you want to get into the hobby that you know um, like that theme. Mm, nice. That's planted. It was. A, I mean, would Missy enjoy this? You think this would be something? I, I think she would. I mean, like I said, it, it's basic, but it's just it's just one of those fun things that it moves really fast. Like if you if you can imagine playing a sushi go, you know, like mm -hmm. pass it around the table, get these things, and then try to get the ones that you want to score. And uh, and it's really easy to kind of hate draft. Like you can say, oh, I see that he's going to get a lot if I give him this card. You know, it's it's a really easy way to to. You know, to play with the people that don't like those heavier games. Okay, so, twenty bucks—that's yeah. free game. Yeah, it is free game. It's crazy, <laughs> especially now, not nowadays. Oh, I know. My goodness, that's like Look, it that's is. All, might as well. That's shipping. You're paying me. Yeah. That's yeah. shipping, that's basically. Shipping. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah, check out Planted from Target if you're into lighter games or you want to uh, teach somebody a lighter game. You can't go wrong. Yeah, considering I just uh, did a Kickstarter for two hundred and four dollars. Oh, know, was that that count. other that's, block war game? That's, that that's <laughs> Alliance, a block war <laughs> game. Then, but I'm getting a near, neoprene mat with it. Oh, okay, there you go. I, mean, you know, I hope you can <laughs> wrap yourself to sleep at night in your neoprene mat. Did you ever get the Fallen Sky play mat or figure out how you I, can order it? No, I mean because when I looked, it was saying like France only or oh, something. Okay. I don't know, and I, I guess I never did look mm. again. Because boy, I mean, that if, good. if I could get that, that would be that would really nice. Oh, that would make you happy. Oh my goodness! Uh, I haven't played Fallen Sky in forever now. now you missed out at uh, PPCon. I did. Yeah, I, yeah. They I they had a good game of that. All coin mm -hmm. games at PPCon. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we should talk about Patreon. Let's do it. Yeah, we have a new patron. Uh, I I actually I feel pretty. I mean, it's, oh, this is I'm good. Honored. Is it? I'm I know honored. I'm honored. I was I was feeling down in the dumps. Our new patron, yeah, Rick Flair. Woo! 
<laughs> the nature boy. Yeah. <laughs> and right. either either he loves that that yeah. his name's yeah. Ric Flair or he, or he hates, hates it. Or he hates it. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> like I'm not that Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we didn't just lose him. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Well, That's all right. honestly, Rick, we really appreciate it yes. as we do all our patrons. Yes, uh, thanks so much. And we know not everybody can do it, but uh any any little bit that you can do like um pumping us up to a future listener or giving us a review, any of those things. Those are all great. So thanks to our punch bunch and thanks to our newest patron, Ric Flair. Uh, Shall we, uh, let's get to some meat and potatoes here. Let's do a little review. Right. Hey, punch bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3d Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. You know, there's so many games. I walk into the store and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm overwhelmed. And then they're just kind of stacks on stacks. It's kind of a mess. I, hey, I I'm going to tell you what to do. What? All right. You should go to Hobby Town in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know why? Why? Because they have a great staff there that's going to help you pick out a game. So they'll help me choose a game that's right for me and my family? Absolutely. You go in there, you kind of tell them maybe what you're interested in. All their staff is very well knowledgeable about games and they can pick out different ones. They can make suggestions. And you know what? If they don't have it, you know what they'll do? What? They will order it for you and get it and it doesn't cost you any shipping. That's big in today's world. You got two locations in in Lincoln, Nebraska that you can go and go get all that great help from their great staff. Botoku is uh, basically kind of from a forgotten time, and it has to do with a great spirit. And, uh, you know, Devere Games is make, setting this in the world of their other game, Silk. Uh, it's it's Ghibli, Studio Ghibli influenced that animator that did uh, Totoro and or Totoro, excuse me, and some of those uh, animated things. But basically, we are, we are competing over four years and four seasons in those years to be the great spirit of the forest, essentially. And what we're doing in this game is that we all have uh, cards and dice, and our dice are guardians, basically. And we have to unlock them each turn. And the way that we do that, we are playing cards down to our player boards, and that's unlocking these die. And then once those die are unlocked, we can set them out in spots on the board to do actions such as um, building a building or getting dragonflies that are magical and can hook up with spirits to produce other resources. We can also um, get more resources at some of these spots. In addition, we can go and get singing stones, which uh, hook up on our player board to create more opportunities for endgame scoring. We can also get crystals, which we get to put on our player board, which can either give us benefits every time we take certain actions or every time there is an income event at the beginning of a round. Now, the important thing about placing these guardians out on the board is that the number on these guardians is important because 
it can block other players. So once I put a three out in uh, one of the guardian sections, if that's the building section, then somebody else cannot place anything lower, uh, anything lower than a four, essentially. So it can uh, keep people from going to certain spots. Now, we also have these little amulets, one, two, and three amulets. You can pay those in any combination to pump up your guardian dice. And uh, so that can help you kind of get past people that are trying to block you. So as I said, you have these actions. On your turn, you can either put out a guardian onto the board, you can play a card down to unlock that guardian, or you can take a guardian who's in their spot and move it across the river. It's kind of like leveling up and you need to pay homage. So you need to turn that die down at least one, depending on what that number is, as you move across the river. But then when you do that, or if you're able to do that, you're able to get some other things that are across the river, either resources or end game objective cards or um Batoku path points and you're moving along. Another thing that you're able to do in the game is move your pilgrims along this road that uh, you can't go backwards on but can continue to score further and further points. That is basically the actions that you are taking in this game. And as you go along the four seasons uh, and each year at the end of four years, you count up the end game points all from objective cards, um, cards on your player board and resources and the like. And the person with the most points becomes the great spirit of the forest. That is a brief overview of Batoku from Devere Games and the designer Germain P. Milman. Nicely done, Chad. Nicely yeah. done. I, a little disappointed. You didn't talk about the one of the most important components in the game, the flag. Oh, the flag. yes, the flag. <laughs> yes, the hundred point flag that sticks way out of your board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the somebody, biggest, uh, yeah, point marker. Somebody ever. might have been making up for something there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> still, uh, this is. Uh, let's let's get right into it. I feel like yeah. that's uh, that's an invitation to talk about the production of this game. What did you guys think of the production of Batoku? Oh, that board is it's busy. busy. Yeah, super uh, busy. You look at that thing at first, and you go, "What the heck is going on?" It's one of those things that it actually, I mean, it draws your eye when you see it set up. Mm -hmm. One, it's a table hog. It's all over the place. It does draw your eye. But when you're first trying to learn and play the game and, you know, Chad's trying to tell us about these guardians and I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And then it's like, oh, the dice. Okay. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Like all that type of stuff, it it gets in the way a little bit of playing the game. I almost felt like the theme brought me out of the game it yeah. was like when you're like well what and you know and you say oh that's the you know the rock and the stone the mushu and the i don't even know what the things are you know whatever they're <laughs> i just i'm like can you just call it by a normal name because i don't yeah. know what it is and then it just yeah it kind of brought me out of the game yeah uh i will agree with that it's it's hard it's kind of like uh it, it does get in the way for those of us that don't know and again this is sort of their made-up universe even even though it's studio ghibli adjacent it is still you know, not some IP that they're necessarily working with. So it is kind of like Netrunner in that, uh, you know, your hand is your grip and your the ice is the barrier and all that kind of stuff. The bones are the money and so are the worms. <laughs> so are the worms. Uh, <laughs> so, so basically, I just, uh, you know, I, it does throw up barriers to learning the game. Uh, but I feel like 
in in the end, once you start to get it, uh, it clicks. But there are barriers. I will say, I agree, the board is really busy, busy. But at the same time, we should talk about this is a two-sided board that also has like insets for putting in three and four players as well. It's really interesting. Yeah, it, it is nice. I mean, it is nice, Han, how you do have those, you know, so basically if it's a three-player game, it, it will inset on one side. And if it's a four as opposed to most games that will just simply have a little, you know, this is for four player only, don't use it. Or maybe they have you put, you know, a blocker there. You don't have to worry about putting out blocker dice. So if you're playing with people that don't, you know, think about those things, it's not like a mistake. Like, Oh, I thought I could play there and I can't. So I'll give them props for that. Um, I'm not sure it's worth it. It definitely adds to setup and tear down. Yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, it's just so much that you're putting out for setup. Yeah, yeah, there is a ton. This felt like Lacerda setup because you had a, a lot of different cardboard tiles that you had to randomize or extract or stack up or, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. definitely true there. Yeah, but I'll say once you did start to understand what was going on, I thought they the iconography for what they're trying to do. Obviously, there's a lot of iconography. It's trying to tell you a lot of things. But once you understood it, then I had no problem with it. Then it was like, yeah, okay, everything makes sense. And there's a really good player so, aid that so, really right. has all the iconography in there and explains it very well. True, mm -hmm. true. Yep. yep. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the rule book because I think I had the most uh, to do with mm -hmm. the rule book as far mm -hmm. as the teaching. It is laid out and you can pretty much find everything. I just don't like the way that it's laid out because what it did was it said, here's some concepts first. And then it said, here's the seasons. And then the last thing was what all the worker placement dice spots were. Mm -hmm. So you, you were constantly flipping back and forth instead of like, here's the summer season. That's when you can place workers here's what all the spots are that you can place workers in. Oh yeah. They should just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what you're going to do for the beginning. Here's what you do in this and yeah. this and this. Yeah. You don't. So they kind of had the concepts outside of the rounds that they were in. And it was a little bit jarring to try and find stuff. It wasn't yeah. horrible, okay. but it's just, it's one of those things you should know. It was much easier just to go on BGG. Right. And look in the forums for yep. the, the same some question. The, yeah. Questions. I was trying to find so it in there. Have, yeah. And 31, I did not realize that that was 31 pages. <laughs> <laughs> rule book. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, the, once you get into the game, the game is not that hard. No. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, 31 pages is a little yeah. ridiculous. I think because this, and I can't speak to it, we'll get to player count in a second, but I think because there is a pretty devoted solitaire oh, okay. mode that the last like five pages, at least gotcha. five or six pages are devoted to the solitaire game, sure. which there is a deck to pilot there that kind of gives the preference of actions for the bot and all that kind of stuff. But I have not played it, so I can't speak to it. Okay, yeah. Uh, How about gameplay, fellas? Uh, that's our meat and potatoes. What did you guys think of the gameplay of this one? When I first started playing it, you know, when you don't quite know what's going on, I thought it was a little bit more basic. You know, I didn't think there was really a lot going on. Um, obviously, on subsequent plays, at some point, I told Richie to go F off when he did something to me. And he <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. Do you remember that, Richie? Uh, I do remember that. <laughs> there was a, uh, I just want to tell our listeners here, there was a point during the game where Clef was staring very intently at one of his die and swearing for about five minutes yeah. straight. This is true. And that dice was not going anywhere. No, it wasn't changing. <laughs> so yeah. there's certainly some... Uh, 
some blocking, you know, some strategic blocking that you can do with the dice placement. Yeah. yeah, you can still you can still go there, but you can't take the action basically that that is there that you're going for if you're not, you know, if you're not the same or higher. So it, they can definitely. Richie parked a six, and he liked parking those sixes he did. and just leaving yeah. them there. Yeah, like you kept going. Okay, ha ha, fun. Go yeah. across the river go, now. Go, because that would open up the spot, but he would not do it. No, no. Because was... if you do go across the river, you do need to turn your six down to a three. Uh, again, right. and so then that yeah. changes right, things. Right. No, I I like that, especially early on, because you can really mess with people. Because obviously, you start the game, your dice are just one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So if you can get some amulets and pump up a dice up to six, and you can make you know things a little bit harder for everyone else at the table. Right. Sure. Right. Um, it is definitely a you know felt kind of feltish to me in a way where it's like, okay, sure, yeah. whatever action you go take, it's going to be good for you. You're just kind of trying to pick out what kind of to do. I think we all kind of thought maybe amulets were something to go after kind of early because they started to give you uh, like you could put them where you, when you activated your dice, you know, and you could get them when, you know, each round and stuff like that. So those were good, but I still just feel like everything was just kind of like, everything was good. You were just, what you yeah, for the most part, it was very, it was very much point salad in that way, and 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 we could all all kind of take different paths. Like you know, you could push the the pilgrim on the path and try to take some of the, those higher points of values, and I could try to do the set collection with the Batoku paths and and get lots of points that way. Or uh, you know, you could try to really go after certain things with the rocks and and get end game points. Right, right. Yeah, and I also like the crystals where you. When you, uh, like, if you had the, I think it was the pink crystals mm -hmm. that gave you additional bonus stuff when you were placing your cards down. Placing your cards, I Yeah. Know. So yeah. you can get a little engine going. And, and like Chad said, there's a lot of different paths to victory here. Uh, there was also what I, the first time when I was playing this game, I was always like, well, this, no one would ever do this. This is stupid. But to activate a dice, most of the time you had to play a card to then activate that dice. So mm -hmm. then the next, your next turn, you could place the dice out, right? Well, there's a rule that you can take one of your, your little rock eyeball things and you can just throw him away and you can activate a dice immediately. And that actually became, especially when Richie was being such a wonderful person and kept trying to block <laughs> us, that I started doing that so I could get my dice out to those areas to activate them Quicker. before he, yeah, before he could stop me in it. So that was, you know, I mean, I, I liked that. At first I thought, this yeah. is just stupid, but I, I actually thought that that ended up being an interesting part of the game. Right, yeah. So then those pilgrims, you have a limited supply of those, as you put it, the rock eyeballs. You have a limited <laughs> supply of those, and you have to put them, at, you know, you're using those to travel along that, that path if you're doing that, or or even to um, unlock endgame points on your board, too. So yeah. you do need those uh, to a certain point. They, they actually, you can put them next to the the rocks at the bottom of your board, which help make multipliers for your endgame points, too. Right, so, right. so it is uh, kind of some decisions. Uh, but yeah, it works out sometimes where you, you want to get out in front of people that are trying to head you off, so... Yeah, a turn order is huge in this game. It yeah. is, actually. Mm -hmm. Especially with, like, the Botoku path cards, since there's limited amounts for the different types. Because, uh, I mean, there's, I think there's oh. one where there's only, like, two of them, yeah. right? Yes. In the entire two in game. the whole deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if one has already been taken, and all of a sudden that other one comes out, you know, and you're last. You know, good luck. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because if you collect the whole set of of those it's 22 points and so that can be a good chunk of points if you can get it mm -hmm. easily but you know you're you're giving up on other things sometimes when you do that so yeah yeah but plus you get i mean decent uh bonuses once you start traveling along that path as well so 
Another thing, I always like this in games where you have to give up on something to score it, basically. Uh, you know, what's the card game that you like uh, where you put your pillar on it? And Elysium, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you, you choose when to score your thing. So I like those, those kind of decisions in games sometimes. And basically in your deck, your yokai cards that you're playing out to unlock these die every turn, you're going through and you're kind of, you get abilities on these cards. And some of the abilities can be really helpful. But at the end of every round, you can choose to score uh, one of those cards and throw it out of the game. Um, and you definitely want to be doing that kind of to to kind of stay ahead and keep pace with everybody else. And so uh, sometimes you're you're scoring cards and giving away stuff that you want to make sure you can replace or have some way of getting those things that the card provided for you. So mm -hmm. there's some interesting decisions in that respect as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about player count. Yeah, uh, I think I know you guys played it at at, at least. You guys played it at three and four. Well, we played it at four for a, a round couple rounds. until Wyatt <laughs> yeah. broke his arm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't get much. We just got a little bit of the four-player game. Yeah. Um, Not much at all, but. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we played, we obviously played plenty of three-player. And then two. You and yeah, I played and two played as well. two. Yep. Well, um, how was it at two? I, I played it another time at two, too. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I I thought it was there's only one spot that you can go to for each action. Okay. Right? But then when you go up instead of going to like just one set of cards, mm -hmm. you can go to either set of cards. Like it, it lets oh, okay. you move to either. And it just seemed like it maybe this was just Chad and I just were trying to explore things, but we always just seemed to end up on the opposite, opposite side. sides of the board so there was no tension and oh my goodness, is he going to get that card before me or anything like that? But I feel like it would have been there. Sure, it so, could have, yeah. Uh, but uh, there, there's some of that. It kind of just depends on what the spots were like, but it also depended on what we were going for. A lot of times that just because where they're at, the um, building spot section, which is highly contested mm -hmm. most of the time, and the resource section, which is not usually contested most of the time, it's sort of an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Then you have like the dragonflies and the, and the path movement. Right. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, if I can't get to the building, then I'm just going over here because I don't, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, now, I can see that. It was close. I mean, I, it was like a one-point yeah, one one point, uh, game. One-point game. So, yeah, I nice. mean, it was very close. Yeah. And and Chad and I went after complete opposite type of things once again. Yep. I mean, it's definitely that point salad -y type of thing. Um, I feel like the three and, you know, and particularly four are going to be better just because there's more, you know, people getting in your way and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do team. have to say, though, in our limited play of the four, we felt like there were like one too many spots for the four. It made it a little bit more friendly oh, when you came out, if you remember. Right. Yeah. And I felt like three was kind of the sweet, sweet spot, spot for this spot. game because it, it felt just constricted enough and, you know, and, and a little bit more contentious. Yeah. And I think when I looked on uh, BGG's website, I think it said best at three. Most people had voted best at yeah, three. Nice. For this it definitely one, so, felt yeah, like I that think, way. Yeah. Mm hmm Okay, so there, we just talked about it, but uh, we'll let's um, let's talk about the differences between these two terms that we talk about so often. But variability and replayability for this game. What did you, what was your takeaway for that, Richie? Um, I mean, variability is pretty low. I would think it's there's not much changing on the boards. Uh, yeah, I, I would say variability is fairly low, uh, pretty weak. Replayability, I think it's there. 
Uh, but I could see the game getting samey after a few plays because you're you're kind of going after the same thing. Once and once you kind of figure out what you're doing, um, you know you, you're going to go down the same path. I think. Yeah, I, don't, I, I wish I had something different to say, but uh, yeah, variability, nothing. Um, replayability. I feel like I've, I think I've played it like four times now. I think I could play it once or twice more, but. I don't need to. And I don't think, you know, after another player or two, I don't think I'm going to get anything new out of it. it it's pretty, pretty straightforward on what you're going to kind of be trying to do. What, no matter what path you go through, yeah. it's still kind of the same thing. Yeah. So this did have a lot of end game objective cards. You have the different stuff that comes out of the uh, yokai deck where you're taking actions because you're going to be able to get those cards. It has tons of different kinds of uh, crystals and stuff, but Honestly, like once you've seen a couple of them, they do a lot of the same thing. So I'll yeah. agree. I'll echo that uh, variability, even though it seems like it might be high, is is really not. Um, but, you know, I think I think there's replayability there. It's just not one of those that you're going to go, oh, yeah, I definitely. The gameplay is there. There's some fun moments to be had with the interaction, but I don't. Uh, there's not as much exploring to do as there might be for other games of this ilk. Right. Yeah, definitely. No. One last question on this game before we give our kind of fun. Would this be a game that you would buy and then sell it and then buy it again, Richie? Do you think? I don't think I would. I don't think I would buy it again. No, you you think if you you sold it, you'd probably be done with I it. I think yeah. I'd be done Chad, with it. What about it, yeah. you? Would you buy this, sell it, and then buy it again? I think I would oh, if I could. Really? Yeah, if I could. Uh, if I could make a money off of it, and and then I realized that. Chad it was worth a review. We played it, Chad sold it, and then he's like, maybe it wasn't so bad. I think I'm going to pick it up again. <laughs> I can see that happening off of the first play. The first play, I hated. I Like, the first, like, half of the first play, I hated the game. Right. You really did, yeah. Yeah, I did not like the game. It, it Just that theme gets in the way. Yeah. And it... Yeah, it's just kind of cloudy when you're yeah. when you're first getting into it. So right. I can definitely see that off of one play, you get chucking it. Yeah. So, but hey, like you said, you made money off that first copy. Yeah. yeah. And then you rebought it. Yeah. You know, I was like, price, well, I'm so not out any money. Seriously. Awesome. So yeah. and this isn't like a special edition or anything like that, right? It's just no. their That's standard the retail. retail. Yeah, okay. It really, cool. it really is pretty nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh, and and I'll I'll say too we we didn't really talk much about it but I thought the cards on the yokai art were really really cool looking yeah the art is great in yeah. the game yeah for sure uh, well <laughs> I, I think it's time to uh, to rate this game Richie could you remind people what our punchboard paradise rating scale is so at punchboard paradise we rate on a six point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Clef, get us started here. Um, well, I've said a lot already, but I'll just echo a few things here. The first time I played it, was not very impressed with it. In fact, really said I didn't like it, would never play it again. You know, just thought I would never play it again. You threw a piece across the room. I remember throwing a piece of, <laughs> just because I just thought something in the game was kind of stupid, and I didn't quite understand it, even since, I, I will admit, I'm sure I was told, I just probably was sleeping when that rule was told. <laughs> um, and I yeah, so I, I really dismissed it. So the next time Chad kind of said, hey, you know, let's let's maybe we should do a review of this game. I'm like, OK, I'll give it another try. I'm glad I gave it another try. It is it was much better than I originally thought. There was definitely some nice interaction, player interaction with the dice placement. You know, and I'm always kind of a sucker for worker play dice worker placement is always a good thing. So that it, it grew on me. Now, that being said. I like kind of said, I feel like this game maybe has another play in it for me. And I feel like 
in a year's time, you know, we come back to review this game. I'm not going to have played it again. You know, I don't, I'm not going to purchase it. It's not going to get in my collection. Um, however, I think if people like a, you know, um, what's the tree game that people like a lot? Everdell. Uh, Everdell. I think this game reminds me kind of, of, of that game. You know, it has that same kind of, you know, it's got a lot of pretty art. It's got some cool, th- you know, you, you're doing some things. I think it's got a audience that I think would really enjoy this. And so I think it's, it's a not heavy in the really mean player interaction. So I, I think people would enjoy it. But if you're asking me, I'm going to give it a three. I think three is where I'm going to come in at. You know, I don't think it's a two, but it's definitely not a four, you know, probably a low three if I was really, you know, being honest with it. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. What, what about you, Chad? Um, well, so this is a game that I expected to be really interesting. I had heard a lot of buzz about it and then we had our one play and we played it, uh, and you weren't too happy. And Dan, you know, who played it with, with us too, was just kind of humoring, you know, he wasn't so interested in the game, which can always color things. Um, so I thought, you know, uh, I'll sell it, uh, because the market was such that it was a hard game to get at the time. So I sold it, but I kept looking at it and coming back to it and thought, ah, I feel like I feel like we missed a little something, and the more plays that I've had of it, uh, I have uh, I felt that it is there were there was something there that we did initially miss as as Clef said. I like the dice worker placement aspect. That's the most interesting part of the game because that's where the interaction is. Um, it forces you to pivot, and that's what's fun. Um, and you can really not heavily mess with each other, but you can mess with each other and really have to have to change your plans. And you find yourself really starting to go, okay, okay, I'm going to take a step back and I really have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Uh, and, you know, so in that respect, uh, I think it does that well. Uh, it's right between a three and a four for me. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a low, a pretty low four. I hope that in a year, like, uh, I, I won't change, but I could see that possibly happening and that I might go down to a three. But I, I, I every time I've played it, I have enjoyed it. And uh, and I, I, I there's still more plays in it for me. I definitely think that if I play it again, though, I'm pretty much always going to push to play it at, at a three player count, because to me, that's where I've had the most fun by far. So it sits with the low four for me. How about you, Richie? Well, I'm not going to be much different. It, it, like I said, the first half of the first game or that I played, I wasn't enjoying it. But there is some good interaction there. Uh, like we have said, there's a ceiling as far as the replayability on this game as it is right now. If there's extra content to it. You know, maybe that improves. But it's a game that I haven't gone out and bought. Uh, I'm glad Chad has it. It's something that if someone threw it on the table, it's like, this is what we're playing. I, I'm fine to play it. Uh, but I'm not going out and seeking it out myself. So I'm coming in at that three. All right. Well, there you have it. Bitoku gets the fair treatment from us at a three, three and a four from the punch borders. Speaking of, you know, many eons ago, we have a punch board previous plays to look back on. Four score and some years ago, <laughs> we initially reviewed Imperial Struggle from, hey, GMT Games, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, initially, we gave it some pretty high, high markings. 
Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember your reviews for this one? Uh, yeah, I, I I think we all gave it fives. We did okay. actually. Yeah. Across we the board. did. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So very strong game for for this group. Yeah, definitely. And I think probably if, you know if memory serves, and which is still going to be <laughs> that uh, the theme for me now. It's just a long game. It's hard to get to the table with just two yes, players. Yes, with just two. And, yeah. Uh, that's the one knock on it. That's the only reason it's at a five for me and stays there. Yep. I agree completely. Cause even, even myself, you know, Oh, what a great game, but Ooh, do I have that time right now for two players? Yeah. And usually if you've got a lot of time, you usually have more people, Yes, you know, then you you don't have that. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's, you know, just the two, it's it's tough. And for, for me right now, I have so many two player games that I would just love to play. Once again, it's hard, you know, I mean, yep. you th- toss in block war games and Sekigahara and, and Labyrinth and, you know, just there's there's a lot of them in there, you know, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Chad, you said you're staying out of five. I'm definitely staying out of five. Yeah. What are you, Clef? St- I'll stay at a five. So. Yeah. Same for me. High and five. yeah, it, just those two players, those, yeah. those are tough. Hopefully, you know, in 10 years, maybe Knox is up for it. All right. So I'm going to read a comment here from Joe Farrell. Uh, the only bad thing about Imperial Struggle is that no one will play it with me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Joe would slaughter have, all of us. I have played it with him since we, yes, not too long ago. I went over oh, there good, to play okay. it. Oh, okay. I mean, he crushed me. When did you lose? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he crushed me. Possibly because Chad scared everyone with his description of playing against me on the podcast, even though our mutual friend Michelle beat me on her first try. I think he's saying I'm dumb. Is he saying I'm dumb? (laughs) He might be. (laughs) A painfully tense and wonderful epic game that makes my top 10 with ease. It's a six. Ah, Yeah, I know Joe loves that game. He does. And he's it's fun to play with Joe. It really is. Even if you get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a blast to play with. Uh, Ken Sharpknot said, what's the high score on the punch board scale? Hey, give it a plus one to that. It is an amazing, epic game. Not short, but fun the entire time. And Joe, I will play you, I promise. <laughs> but hey, life is busy, which goes to the fact of it's a long game. Right, yeah. It's not just a, it's not a weeknight, hey, let's get together with two players and play this real quick. Uh, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And lastly, uh, our friend, our friend on the Slack and uh, Portugal had this to say about it. Joao said, I don't own it, but it'd be a solid five for me. It would be a six if it wasn't so long and hard to bring to the table. If it's an epic beast in which every turn is filled with horrible dilemmas, kind of like tennis in the sense that it's also a psychological endurance test as you need to keep your cool and make smart decisions even when your opponent seems to be outplaying you. If your spirit breaks, then you'll be dismantled and that hurts. And then he said, F it, it's a six. It's <laughs> our first tennis just, uh, reference on the show. Did he just compare Imperial Struggle to tennis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's a big Check tennis it. player. All righty. All right, Joao. Thank have you. A much better time at Imperial Struggle than I would tennis at uh, this point in my yeah. life. So. <laughs> well, uh, it'd be pretty quick for me because I would just lose. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I have a much better chance at playing you in tennis. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. It. Let's get Joe Farrell out on the tennis court. Yeah, there we go. There, there we go. <laughs> hey, gang, punch, punch. So we uh, we stay out of five for Imperial Struggle. And uh, you heard some of these. There. They came off the slack and off of our BGG, our Board Game Geek Guild Forum uh three two two seven so there's lots of action going on there whenever you want to join us we got one more thing today uh, right yeah. yeah remember i don't know like 20 years ago when we started doing <laughs> <Yeah>. the uh <laughs> the board game geek top 100 
well, yeah. let's let's work on that a little yeah. bit. Okay. I okay. mean, it's completely different now, but yeah. Yeah, it's way it, different. <laughs> it is considering that unbelievable game is now in the top ten and just moved right. past. Gaia, Gaia Project. Project yeah. Oh my God, Joe Farrell's comment on that was literally one of the most funniest things I've ever read in my yeah. life. The yeah. uh, Elephant Expansion. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So we are ready for number 43, which is Underwater Cities. Mm, Vladimir Suhi. Yeah. This is a one for me. I am wow. miserable. <laughs> wow. Miserable Ooh. playing this game. The last time I played it, and they're like, oh, well, it's got this new expansion. Now it's only nine rounds as opposed to ten. <laughs> oh, God. It's such a slugfest, and it just, I don't know. They're just, for some reason, this game doesn't do it for me. And I like, you know, like I like Shipyard, and I mean, there's some other. Oh, yeah. Shipyard's probably love, his best, even though it's fiddly. This game just, I am miserable playing this game i'd wow. rather play terraforming mars than underwater Whoa. Ooh. wow let's At just not play either one of them <laughs> that, well, well, that. yes agreed <laughs> i'm just i'm trying wow. to make a, you know that's crazy i'd rather play root than this game Ooh. that's crazy to me <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, i'm not crazy I'm about sorry. it either. i gotta give it a one yeah i don't know what do uh, you have real, a, i've i have now since it's on yukata.de okay, so okay. i have since played it and it's i yeah i just don't it, it's in that terraforming mars bucket and yep, if yep. i'm gonna play any of them it's gonna be arc nova at this point and see i don't like it now yeah. i like it best at two uh because the length uh it, which moves really snappy with the expansion i feel like i like that better too i will say the thing that this does better to me uh than terraforming mars is that you've got the decks of cards so you're not getting cards like ages one two and three so you're not getting cards that you can't use in the very beginning uh, they're tailored to when you want them. I think that was his big fix to an engine builder like that. So I'm going to give it a four. I understand why you guys don't like it. I still like it enough to to give it a four. I'm going to do. You're going to do it too. I'll do it okay. too. Okay. All right. All right. Next is going to be Clank Legacy. Ugh. Boy, it's, <laughs> it's tough. If it just went with that last round, the last game was good. Last game, I would be like a four or five. We nope. we had one game that was like three and a half hours yeah, yeah. i still haven't finished it and i'm just Ugh. gonna say right now without you know without mincing words too much it just it, it just goes too long mm -hmm. and the rules in the middle of the game changing while i it's a cool idea it does not work well in practice no. and so i'm giving it a two yeah i mean this you never hear words like this out of me that game would have been better as some sort of a co-op or a semi-co-op or something for how it was it just it did not work in my opinion. So uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say a two also just because you know clank is still great, but yeah, I good. I love basic clank as sure. a good family way game. I I still own that and I'll play that anytime. Sure. Uh yeah, it's it's a two for sure. It's way too long. All right. All right. Next we have at number forty one, the crew, the quest for planet nine. That's the first one, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I played this, I was like, oh, this is really fun. So you were semi-excited you know, about yeah. the game you at one point. Dan, like, yeah. held hands for, like, hours <laughs> and played this game. Oh, man. It was, yeah. Oh, looked into each other's eyes. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. beautiful. It was. And it was, like, one night, and then the next time I played it, I was like, okay, no. I don't, no. I'm good with it. It's not, like, it, I don't know how it's climbed up so high. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think it's that great. Uh, like, it's a four for me on the scale. Yeah. It, okay. It's something that I'll play. Like, I've, especially Jessica's family enjoys playing it. Like, it's good for, you know, like family events like that where people can just sit down. We can 
play a couple hands and be done. Right. Yeah, so yeah. It, it is nice to have because you like trick takers, and so it's yeah. nice to have one of those where you go. This is a trick taking game, and you're all working together, yeah, all so working nobody together. feels stupid, and everybody understands how it goes. Yeah, but I don't know if I'll some agree with that. Feel I think stupid. You've, yeah, <laughs> I think it's actually worse because then people are like, uh, "You're like, wow, why did you play that? Yes. That was the wrong move." And then uh, they're like, "Especially oh, God, Jessica's family, bad. we will dress yeah. you down after a Ooh, hand. Okay, right, if right. you yeah. misplayed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one of the reasons why sometimes co-op games are not my because I don't want to let people down. So I actually yeah. think that can be worse at times. But yeah, I suppose um, so. I'm, I'm just going to go with a four though, like like Richie said, because I, we like it to get it played in the family. But I mean, I, if I want trick taking, I, I want it competitive. You know, that's my highest form of the game. Well, I'll give it a two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of twos and ones this. Uh. Yeah. All right. Next at number forty is. Too many bones. bones I play ahead of my. <laughs> you have what to pay we? a lot of bones to get that game, which is why I don't have too many bones. But yeah. you want to talk about neoprene mats? They got neoprene mats for days in that game. You have little rubber neoprene mats that you can you can squeak a little no. diet into. Just because a game has a neoprene mat does not mean I'm going to purchase <laughs> it. Okay. I saw you though. I saw you holding like some neoprene up to Missy earlier yeah. and just. Hey, <laughs> This looked really nice on you. One neoprene mat right now at this point. That's it. Just the Julius Caesar. That's the only one I have. The one that you wear as a toga? Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) He walks around in his basement. (laughs) (laughs) I had it on my trade list, uh, but yeah, I I don't really have any actual interest in playing it. But Uh, never played it. It's just yeah. I've heard it's good solo game. I don't even know anything about it. It is a co-op with a lot of really nice. Poker chips, and then you're using die. Yeah, kind of like an RPG yeah. realm, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That seems like an odd one to be there. Okay. Uh, number 39 is The Seventh Continent. Uh, you owned this okay. for a very short a time. Bit, right? Very, very short time. I uh, I try, I thought I bought it because I thought the boys would maybe want to do it with me, and I thought it could be something we could do together. They were completely uninterested, so <laughs> I was completely uninterested, and I sold it. Because it's kind of so. choose your own adventure. Is that what it is, uh, or like exploration? You're, yeah, you're kind of going through tiles and finding stuff, and then your hand is kind of uh, you know your resources that you're using, different things, and it has that uh, kind of that Robinson Crusoe thing where like uh, you might get something and then have to shuffle it back in, and then later it will come, come back, back and bite yeah. you, yeah. type of thing. Um, I'm certainly not an expert on the game here, so don't. If that was not 100% right, please don't chastise me. But yeah, um, I, I just, it's just not a game for me. It's just something that's just not enjoyable. I don't know. Did you guys play it at all? Nope. No. Nope. No. What uh, would you give it? I mean, I, a two. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm giving a lot of ones and a twos. A lot of ones here. and twos. Uh, well, it's, about, it's not going to change here in a second. Number 38. <laughs> Marvel Champions, the card game. Oh. <laughs> I'm the only well, one who's played this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm still giving it a one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a schmuck. <laughs> um. uh, this game's a five for me. I really like... I, I lo- I, I'm telling you, I've come to learn that I really love hand management. Anytime you give me a hand of cards and I have to make a decision about how I play a card and then what I keep or what I throw away, that sort of thing, and then you kind of layer the theme on top of it and while i'm playing those cards i feel like uh i feel like i am the theme the superhero or whatever that i'm doing that's great plus uh it's my most played solo game and i really enjoy it solo Hmm. yeah honestly i don't i've never played it i haven't played it it's one that when Knox is old enough if he still likes marvel at that point hopefully he doesn't then (laughs) i would play it with him but (laughs) 
Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do two more here. So we've got number thirty-seven, Mari Kaibo. You talked about this on the last episode, didn't you? you did, but man. it cooled. Oh, it was one of it was yeah. one of my cooled games. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely cooled, but uh, it's still an amazing game. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. It is, you know, the problem the the its biggest problem right now is in a world of that type of game now. It's like, you know, I mean, like considering like Great Western Trail or Mombasa, you know, or just, you know, a barrage, you know, in that lane, it's kind of dropped below those maybe is the mm. best way to kind yeah, of put it. Yeah, I so, can see that. I mean, it's still a five for me. I still think it's a great game. Yeah. No. A barrage, I think, is like he- head and shoulders above those games just for me. But but anyway, regardless, uh, f- five is 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 totally appropriate for that game. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm probably at a four. I, when I think of Fister, I think of Mombasa, Great Western Trail. That's what I want to play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, you know, sprinkle a little Port Royale All right. every once in a while just for a little quick game. But Every once in a while when you have, want some water to expire, maybe you throw in a little black. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number, so last one we're going to do here is number 36, Pandemic Legacy Season Dos. I owned it. Well, so we, we finished season one. And then we did. were gifted season two. And at some point, it was after Clank Legacy. I was like, I'm, I don't want to play any more Legacy games. And I sold off my copy. So I, I have not played season two. But I'd probably give it a two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't played it since I never finished one. Uh, I think my last play might have been with Clef, but I'm not sure. I think I tried to get more played, but it, mm-hmm. that was it. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to play. In a, I, I, this is my vow. Watch me. Unless you guys like mess me up by making us review, review one. a legacy game, yeah. But I am not playing another legacy game unless it has Kanitia in the uh, in the designer name. I'm not the the only way that I'm going to play Pandemic Legacy Season Two <laughs> is if we get twenty more patrons by the next month, and then the three oh, of right. us will play it together to the completion. No, that, no. Why do we have to be punished <laughs> well, when be he punished? talks? Yeah. <laughs> you, you play it with, you play you it on guys Friday have night. You no faith. What's going on there? <laughs> you, you play it on Friday night. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't want right. your money that bad. Yeah. By the way, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've heard that, that this would be is... a fun little stretch goal for something though. I mean, you know, well, a game that we like though. Well, <laughs> how interesting. Well, it's not going to be a fun thing. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, like. Can you imagine? There's a guy sitting at home, uh, just, just uh, you know, writing our names on some board because he hates us. I'm going to pledge twenty dollars <laughs> just to make yeah. those guys play it. <laughs> I have heard it's the most interesting of the. It of changes the it up. Yeah, like yeah, it actually changes up. You're not just playing straight pandemic, which. Right. But so I'm not. I'm not going to play it. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, kudos if you like it, but it's just no yeah, thing. I feel bad anybody who likes this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of games that people you know sure. enjoy. Chance that you won't play another legacy game unless Kenichi's name on it. One, we're never we're never reviewing another legacy. No, game. I don't. After Charterstone, no, it's never happening again. No, 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 <laughs> that, that was miserable. But I, I do, I do want that makes me want to get. Uh, a game to bring to uh, to you guys to play without you knowing much about it, and then like in the middle of the game, bringing out a tea candle that we have to light. <laughs> that was the best game of Charter Show. Was that tea candle? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the first box we opened. 
every game must be played yes. before this candle goes out or it's over. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's the best we got for you on uh, the BGG Top 100 from 20 years ago. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully we weren't too negative and uh, and y'all enjoyed it. Uh, I can say um, thanks for being patient with us. Hopefully, this was worth the wait. Uh, regardless of who you are and where you're listening from, Punch Bunch, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other, all right? Everybody have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. I'd rather play Root than this game.